Desire Brethren podcast, where three sheltered young brethren boys grow into men. Before your eyes, I'm Tanner Hoffs. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson O'Brien. And today, yes, and today, we have visiting us, wanting to sit at our feet as, as a good disciple. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jackson, you want to intro The Mary of the Desiring Brethren podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Martha. The Martha is the, no, Meg, the Magdalene. Yeah. If you want, to, you don't say it. And this person is at any. We have one rule at Design Brethren, and that's if you give us great praise about our podcast, <laughs> we put you on the podcast, <laughs> no matter that's, how fake, <laughs> forced. Just pander to us. So this this individual here with us did that, and so we said, let's just have him on the show to show us why it's so good and stuff like that. So I give you. Um, the nighttime rapper, daytime preacher himself, the ghetto blaster pastor, my mentor, friend, and brother, drumroll please, maybe, Chris Lance. Hi! The right reverend, Chris Lance. <laughs> the podcast community might know him at this point as Schmishmance, <laughs> earlier episodes where we veiled your name. <laughs> because I don't know the difference between pod and blog, is that? Is that yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I love your pod blog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris Lance is a pastor out in Clyde, Alberta. And are you a brethren, sir? We, we yeah. got to ask this. This is yeah. the most important question. No. We let you in without knowing. That's not like us. But <laughs> yeah. I'm lowercase b brethren, not <laughs> uppercase b. So, I mean, I can leave if you need me to. But Dave will just supervise you. Maybe put a head covering on him and uh, we'll do <laughs> So, Chris, do you love your church? Let's just get that out of the way here, because I do. We're gonna I, I say some them. pretty fierce, vicious things about your church. So let's—it's all in love, right? Mm. I, I love them most of the time, if not all the time. Good. I, I always love them, and sometimes being pastor is frustrating. Good. So Chris is here because he's the only pastor I know who will be honest about <laughs> the secret life of pastors, oh, the things they don't want you to know. <laughs> All of you conspiracy theorists, listen in. <laughs> You're going to get the Area 51 of pastoring. You, no, you can veil the name or change the name mm -hmm. of your church members if you want to address them. Okay. The the way that we have found works best is the um Schmishmans method. Sure. Yes. So any church member totally veils that. Okay. You're sure. good. You'll be perfectly anonymous here <laughs> because nobody listens to the <laughs> Brother podcast. Except for you. <laughs> that was a glowing intro I got from Jackson though. So but you guys are in a band together. That's right. Do you want to plug your band while you're on? Um, oh, we could do Steve that as the intro or... and outro music this time. If we oh, did, like, superficial Instead of your... Yeah, we have to. <laughs> All right, well, then they already know <laughs> okay. about your guys' band. What you heard on the intro was Styrofoam Apache <laughs> with... That was superficial. superficial. Are you ready to answer as honestly as you can? I'll do my best. Can we best. expect honesty from a pastor? Uh, yeah. That's the first question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You should. Uh, and... 
sometimes you have to not be as fully honest as you you'd hope in ministry but yeah. i will try my best i will endeavor to be honest can you is there i'm, I'm gonna start it off actually Do it. i've yeah. done my homework chris when when you're when someone asks you a question as a pastor like hey i need your advice and you're in a like state of your own. Is it like, do you give them the answer? Like, this is the biblical answer. I don't believe this answer right now, mm. but I'm going to give this one to you. Right. Or have you preached something you don't believe? Mm. No, I've never preached anything that I don't believe for myself. I've preached things that I don't understand fully. Huh. I've preached things that I'm actively wrestling with. As far as when people come, I don't get a lot of people asking advice. I, I really try. I believe that if I'm going to lead people, you need to lead with honesty mm. and integrity do you ever zone out when people spill their problems to you? Oh, um, sometimes I feel the problems that come to me are more unimportant than I should and maybe don't give their honest life struggle the respect that it deserves. Kind of like a teenager giving yeah, you his was, big drama. Of, right now. I was going to say, yeah, that'll happen at camp. That'll happen at youth yeah. group more than it'll happen with people in, in the church. But like to them, it's the most important thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah, even if it's not in reality, you know, the, the breakup or whatever. Right. See. And sometimes what's so important to them, I'm like, there's an easy answer to this and it's just to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever said that? No. <laughs> that would Do you weird. imagine the day when you'll say that? Like the perfect... Uh, I might say it to my daughters. Ooh. What is the biggest flop that you've ever had? What, what, or it could be a sermon that you thought was just going to be glorious <laughs> and it didn't pan out or an, oh. a vision for your church. Like this is going to be the best ministry we've had and it just died. That's a great question. Um... Two that immediately jump to mind, like there's just the everyday example. Sometimes I write a sermon and I, I finish it and it's two in, the, two in the morning and I've just finished it and I'm, this is going to blow people's minds. <laughs> this is the greatest piece of work. This is a new revival. It, exactly. This is, people will write essays about this sermon and then I, like there's people falling asleep in it as a, and I leave thinking, what happened? And sometimes it goes the other way, but yeah. specifically... One of the very first sermon series I did as a pa young pastor was instead of the armor of God, I did the farmer of God. <laughs> so, so instead of shield of faith, it was the wind tractor windshield of faith. Oh man! And instead of shoes of peace, and you're was, thinking this is gonna be a BC oh, man. exactly. Moment. Like this I'm is... preaching to a bunch of farmers, they're gonna laugh this up, and I, I figured I'd like the Bible work. doesn't have enough farmer imagery. In it. That's yeah, the problem, right? I'm a pastor, literally a shepherd. Um, but yeah, no, that that didn't fly real well, no. shockingly. <laughs> Just putting on rubber Farm boots. What were the different things? So the wind, windshield of faith, the rubber boots of peace, the coveralls instead of the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, instead, do of you that, look back and you do you still think it was a pretty great idea that they should have received, or do you think like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I think it's preposterous. Oh, okay, okay. And like, I, the whole thing was based around armor rhymes with farmer. <laughs> Chris, you, Chris, you mentioned that like these thoughts come to you at two in the morning, like the farmer of God comes to you at two in the morning. And so people might be wondering two in the morning, what are you doing at two in the morning? So my question for you is Chris, uh -huh. what is your Saturday night routine <laughs> that helps you get ready for Sunday? Yeah. Jack knows my routine. I love it. <laughs> but um, my routine, 
is much more formalized than it used to be. Oh. It used to be mm. Saturday Night Live would end at 11 o'clock and I'd cobble together some thoughts based on the liner notes of my Bible. <laughs> and now it's a lot more, the procedure's a lot better. It's, um, I come up with my ideas in the shower, mm. of course, right? I study throughout the week and then it's still Saturday night after Saturday Night Live or after the Oilers game. Have, so, you, have you tried writing a sermon by like Wednesday and just huh? putting it away? Like I've had to, like they'll, like I'll be doing a wedding and I know I'm going to be out dancing till one and it's just not going to work to write the sermon until five in the morning. So, but I always feel like it's better if it's fresh, if the material's fresh. So like I've just written it, I go to sleep, I wake up with it still fresh in my mind. I, I feel... I'm more flexible and loose because it's fresh in my mind. Yeah, that, makes sense. that would not work for, for everyone. Mm. Do you so think, young pastors out there, don't wait till two in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Do you think most, because I've heard interviews with pastors where they've explained their, their process. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's obviously their ideal process. Right. Where when I hear it, I'm like, there is two weeks a year that you do this, <laughs> this process, you know, like, oh yes, on Monday I study for a few hours and pray on my knees till noon. And then I, you know, and they have one for every single day of the week. It's like, there's no way sure. that's your real thing. Uh -huh. Where yours does sound like a oh, very yeah. real reality. That's <laughs> so much procrastination. <laughs> and do then... you think most pastors somewhat what you're talking about is many of their yeah. sermons some of their sermons i would love to know more pastoral routines i really would mm. when you meet with other pastors whenever that happens mm -hmm. you're in a conversation at a coffee shop with a bible school buddy or something or even just your group of elders i'm assuming you have elders in your church uh kind of kind of no oh, tanner yeah. says eldresses yeah. is that a word <laughs> no uh we have uh co-chairs of the board sure. but that kind of idea. That's a volunteer. So when you're with them and the regular church members are away, what is the shop talk of pastors? The role that I've been most of my life with the pastors in my area, in, in West Loft Clyde area, is they are mentors to me. Mm. And I love and value that. And I need that. And they're good men. And their families are good. And, and so a lot of it is just working out the struggles of it. It's the shop talk of it. Um, the behind the scenes, like marriage and kids kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I've had yeah. to call some emergency meetings with mentors, about like, I'm doing a funeral this week. How do I do yes. a funeral? Yeah. How do I bless a house? Like, oh man, like stuff you ever like christened that. a ship? No, <laughs> <laughs> but there'll be some talk of ridiculous problems. People have, have presented to us. Have you ever done a fantasy draft of which members of your church you would take <laughs> if, no. in your mind if i did a church plant these are the 12 that are coming with me uh there's kind of an understood core group in the church Ooh, uh, insider outsider tell yeah me no not insider outsider that's not the language of jesus <laughs> can't use that um but just like the same group of people will help with everything all the time. Mm. And the church would not function nearly as well or as smoothly as it does without them. Right. And they're invaluable to me. Of those, say it's it, the economy's in a bad way mm -hmm. and you need to feed your family and money's not coming in. Okay. Are there members you privately call on to get your salary paid? Oh, great question. There's, there's people we have turned to when the job of pastoring was overwhelming yeah. in the church, who we know would understand. Financially, um, I've been very honest with them when, like, there's a built-in raise 
in my job yeah. to cover for inflation, and I've refused that raise a few times. And other times we've gone to the church and said, look, it this year m- maybe Angie is being cut back in her job, and so the, the income is not there. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask for that raise, mm-hmm. and then they will go above and beyond mm-hmm. regularly, voluntarily on their own wow. without me asking for it. So absolutely, if there were issues with the practical side of my life, I would go to them and they would respond. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I hope people can say that, like, all churches would do that. I would hope so, right? Like, That's super cool. I just think there's a lot of backroom dealings that aren't bad, but you don't mm-hmm. realize that. That churches do, lots of things get done in backrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, like politics, where it's like, there's the rhetoric out there, and then there's the, let's get together and, you know, smoke a cigar. <laughs> things actually get done. So, <laughs> Does that happen? <laughs> never smoked a cigar. Not for someone's baby? No, never. <laughs> they haven't been like pastor and then been like, oh, you're a pastor. And then awkward. <laughs> no. Is that the most awkward thing in the world? When people ask, when people ask what do you do? Do you just cringe and be like, oh, you're not going to talk oh, to I me anymore? I love this question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like on the airplane, I will hide from people. Like if because they'll someone, either give you all their problems. Yes. Or they'll be super awkward. Mostly, it's just I'm afraid that they'll write me off immediately and typecast me. But should I be ashamed to be a pastor? It's not a shame. It's I just I don't want you to know that. You don't need to know. Well, we're all brethren, so there's no such thing as a pastor, just elders. So (laughs) you probably should be ashamed. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you a story. Uh, When we moved back to Clyde, uh, we moved into our house in 2006, and I was walking the streets of Clyde which is a great title for a song. And <laughs> the came, street the, of Clyde. <laughs> and came across this guy that I knew growing up. Growing up, um, He's kind of a little rough life. And he sees me coming down the street. He's like, is that Chris Lance? I said, is that Rob? Schmob? Schmob Spain Lance? And he said, what, what the F are you doing in town? It's so effing good to see you. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. He's kind of quiet for a second. He goes, that's effing awesome. That is effing awesome. I'm so effing happy for you. I just, that made me so pleased. That is awesome. Rapid fire. I'm going to give you a mix of super serious questions and super light questions. And you get 10 seconds or less, no matter what. Love it. Okay, let's do it. Are closing prayers really just a chance to re-summarize your three points? Yes. (laughs) Uh, yeah i try to try to make it genuine but yes okay do you see any difference in retention among your congregation when you use alliteration versus not in your points i don't think they remember anything i ever say (laughs) and it's not against them no that's good no it's good how many people are sleeping during the sermon on any given sunday uh there's a gentleman who just passed away a few years ago a pillar in the church and i would often hear him dozing off (laughs) Okay, what's the ratio of criticisms to encouragements you get? I'm in a great situation. My church really wants to grow with me, so I would say um, five to one encouragement. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. There's lots of pastors who are crying right now. Single tear. It's the opposite. (laughs) I'm so lucky, you guys. Do you vent your frustrations in anonymous chat rooms online? (laughs) Not ever, even once. So you're not Dave, you're saying. <laughs> Dave is an online feed. Really? Every chat. Can we talk more about that? Every online hockey blog has heard the wrath of Dave. Yeah. 
Do you go on low tide? Do yeah. you have an identity on low it's tide? It's just David. <laughs> oh, great. I'll look, you, I'll look but you for know you. when David's <laughs> Just because, you know, you get all these frustrations as a pastor of yeah. a ministry, and then you have an outlet. Do you no, have an outlet for I those frustrations? incredible outlets. One of my greatest outlets is sitting right here, and I'm tapping Jackson on the leg. My friends, and my mm. wife especially. She just goes into your rap. Makes you harden mm, you yes. with Eminem kind of thing, like all oh, the experience. Church is, makes me so street. This is, like, <laughs> this is Compton on a whole new level. Uh, streets of I live in South Central Clyde. South Central. <laughs> <laughs> we don't cross Maine. <laughs> yeah. Do pastors really talk about numbers when they meet, or is that just a preaching trope used to criticize other pastors? Uh, is that a thing? There are certain people who will go right to the, the numbers. I deflate that at every chance I get. But that does happen to you. There, it's not yeah. just, oh, I've heard of somebody who No, does there it. are people oh, who okay. measure know. against that. Have you ever danced in church? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have DJed dances in my church sanctuary. You might have to edit that. If you're dancing shirtless <laughs> in church. <laughs> Do you think it's more of a benefit or more of a hindrance that your kids are pastor's kids? Oh, I'm so aware of this question. Uh, are you a pastor's kid? No. And I, my church is very supportive of my children, and I do what I can to not put any extra expectations on them. They are. Who so they do are. you think they benefit more or they are hindered more? Benefited. Really? I mean, if we're comparing pastor's kids to just other kids in the church, yeah. it'd probably be easier for, on them to just be other kids in the church. But if you're comparing pastor's kids to kids in the world... No, no, I'm not yeah. saying that. Yeah, it'd be to if you were just a regular congregation member. That would probably be easier on them. But easier on honestly, them. our church situation is it's easy for Do they get free things for being pastor's kids? Free things? Like free extra things. grace? Does <laughs> God look at them more favorably? <laughs> All right. It's time for... Oh, I wish we had a sweet intro. The Pastor Throwdown. <laughs> Take it to the streets. Electric Boogaloo Edition. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> All right. We have a pastor here, obviously, Chris Lance. And we have decided the best thing that we can do is throw him in a ring and pit him against one of his own. Uh-huh. The secret mystery pastor we have brought in. Yeah, I'm interested. The Padawan is about to take on his Jedi <laughs> master, Jackson O'Brien. Hey! He's taking on his mentor for the top pastor. <laughs> Jackson felt very confident about this. Felt like he's taken all your lessons, spit them out of his mouth, Correct. and he is ready to if, take If this it. is a contest of church history, I'm going to lose. Flat out. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm doing this contest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are reactions. Um, so, Jackson versus Chris. Mm -hmm. Jackson has been a pastor before. Yes. We will yes. vouch for it. Yeah. Brethren pastor? Or were you a non-dom? I made it brethren. <laughs> yes. Amen. Okay, yes. He, he gets bonus points. <laughs> You've already started a debate. The judges are on your side. We're going to give you hypothetical situations that you might get pastor in a church that you have to deal with. Right. And you have 30 seconds or less. That's a hard line. Dave and I get to judge your answers <laughs> to say which one was the best pastoral answer. Good. Oh, uh, before we start. Chris, I think you have something to say to Jackson. I thought maybe just to establish my, my place in the pecking order of pastorship here that I would, I thought I'd just drop some rhymes. Stage. Fair so enough. 
Get a blasted pastor, interpret scripture faster, steady meditating like a Shaolin master, mad exegesis like I'm texting Jesus. You know I take my mind where the spirit pleases. I love it when you call me big pastor. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air if you need some prayer. I love it when you call me big pastor. To all disciples that revival steady reading their Bibles. I love it when you call me big pastor. We're gonna get you down sank in the baptism tank. Why? Cause I see some sinners tonight. We should be doing some saving. Baby. <laughs> reply to that? Welcome to the show where power's not in the name. I'm not scared of you just because you're ordained. You think you're super official, Reverend, step up to the mic because I'm egalitarian with my brother Delight. Hey! <laughs> no! Egalitarian. I got another one. Okay. Okay. Evolution, age of birth, ordaining women, please. Just open up your Bible. It says all that you need. You think restoring culture is the right remedy. I'm banking on the fact that we're all the faithful will be raptured. All right, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Faithful church member. Okay, so think of the ideal good church member in your church. Because mm -hmm. they come to you one day, Sunday morning, and they say, God spoke to me this morning and told me I have to preach the sermon this Sunday. And I haven't prepared. I don't know what it's going to be about, but he's going to give me the words to say. What do you do? I would say I will give you time after announcements to say what you need to say. And I may still step in and do the sermon. So a pre-sermon. Yeah, pre-sermon sermon. And, and if it, I feel it needs interrupting midstream, I'll interrupt. Jackson, I would say you can do the communion meditation. Oh, using the brethren against you to service. That was such a combo. Come on. Well, it's... What if you have to bump? I would say go pray that. about it again. I'll pray with you, maybe. But go pray about it again at twelve o'clock, and then. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Dave. I'm gonna roll with Chris on this. I'll roll with Chris. So, quick question: the communion pre-service service in Brethren Church is like a free-for-all people can say but somebody chairs it at the start they give the opening thought so that's what jackson which it often turns into so that's, a mini that's ideal for this situation yes it is brethren church is ideal for many situations <laughs> <laughs> there's a person in the church that sings terribly and loudly and people try to sit far away from them the person is oblivious and obviously loves worshiping what do you do Okay, first, pass. Secondly, that's you. This question's about you, right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these questions have been about you. I would, I think that I would, I would tell that person that I love that they sing. I'm so glad that they're providing a joyful noise yes. to the Lord. Don't nod. That's, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it works. Thanks, Master. And then I would say, is there ways in which we can still have you sing? We want to honor this part, but... How can we let you be aware that it affects how other people worship as well? How can we do this in a selfish okay. way? This is that's like 15 uh, seconds. Uh, All right, Chris. Uh, great answer. Um, and I live this situation because the same pillar of the church that passed away that I mentioned earlier was an awful singer, sat in the front, sang loudly, and everybody knew it and celebrated it. Uh, I would crack jokes about it during announcement time. Do you think it's more on the congregation or that person to on change? On the congregation, 100%. To change? Just, I'm with Chris. You've got what? 
Boom. You guys are past. You two should pass her together because that's what this is. Okay. <laughs> so what is it like? Eight million to one or zero? You've asked four questions. <laughs> Obviously, well, four each question has been two million points. So, all right, it's four or zero. Uh, but this one's worth five. All right, here we go. Someone starts attending, and they are a way better speaker than you. Mm. They don't have any ambition to be the pastor, but your church wants that person to do all the speaking from now on. What do you do? But does he want to speak? He's fine with it. It's yeah. up to you. Well, like, yeah, he should totally speak then if it's his... All the time. If, if he's willing to do it, if he wants to do it, if it's, like, clear in his giftings, then, like, why would I get in the way of that when it is his gift, right? Um, I am that guy. I'm, I'm, you took over from I'm, someone? I, I am just a good speaker and not a great pastor. Mm -hmm. So that is essentially me oh. speaking. <laughs> no, like I don't do pastoral things well. And I think the church knows about that. About me. But anyway, um, I, I would share it with them. I feel if I've been ordained and the church has, hmm. has hired me and ordained me and put me in that position, that that means something. And so I would do maybe one and one or two weeks for him and one for me. Yeah. There is an absolute impossibility that Chris could get points because he used the word ordained. <laughs> what podcast is this? You're so stuck on technique. I want five points. That's the only thing you're going to... No, that was, a really, that was a good answer. Okay, it's Chris again. <laughs> Yours was the idealistic Bible school. I'll be humble and give up all the servants. That no, is not idealistic no, in Bible school. No. All right. Man says he is willing to give a large tithe. Say you have a building, you need a new building, Yours, something happened to it. He's saying, I'll pay for the building, but you have to preach a sermon series on biblical submission. But he's not going to tell you what to say in that sermon. Mm -hmm. Do you do it? Do you take money? I'll go Chris first. Um, yes, because that's a biblical topic. Um, I would take it in different ways than he would assume, I think. But you're leaving it open to that, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do a series on submission, maybe a couple sermons. Okay, or even if it's just a sermon. I, I would absolutely do that. It's a worthy topic. Um, would not, you let everyone know that you did, you're you doing this because he gave money? Oh, I'd be upfront about that. You'd have to be, I, I would think. That's integrity, right? Is that integrity? Yeah. But for a new building, man. <laughs> I'll preach whatever you need. No, I wouldn't. I would give the opposite answer because I think that if you have a guy that comes to you and says, on this condition, I will give you money, that this is a type of person that's going to tweak things and have other conditions as well and be like, you might want to do this. Hey, I got you that building. I think you owe me something too. This seems like a type of person. There's a lot of other strings attached you yeah. don't see. Yeah. So okay. I would say no. Jackson, Dave, this from you should just call everything. You just can't? Do you care about the optics to the outside world? Or do you think as long as people in the church are happy with it, it's take because other there. people could be like, you you get bought, like, mm. and it can it, they can spin it really negatively, even though you're right. Like, he just paid for a church and like mm -hmm. gave a sermon that was biblical. Yeah, um, I do care what our community thinks about you, but I don't mm. lose sleep about it. So I, I want to side with the master on this one. Really, yeah. I side with Jackson. I, I side with Jackson too. Jackson wins that round. Yes! There's a conspiracy between <laughs> Dave and Tanner on this one. I know. They're always going to say it's the master. All right. So, <laughs> moving on. Dave, right, has, Dave has not, or sorry, 
Chris is nine. Jackson is at one. <laughs> that one was worth one. Sorry. They said it was worth five. And I got it right. What's happening? Okay. The next question is worth ten, and it's the final one. Interesting. Somebody needs you to officiate their wedding. Which passage do you speak on? There's probably two. So <laughs> choose three, two, one. Chris Solomon Solomon. Solomon. Ha! Jackson wins! Yeah! <laughs> Jackson says Song of Solomon. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. All right. Well, Jackson, Good job. the apprentice has become the master. Mm. <laughs> we have some feedback now that we've actually made the oh, podcast yeah. that people can hear it. So oh, good. There's a little bit more. So in response to our do dreams have spiritual significance, Trevor, I mean, Trevor B. No, that's too obvious. Go with T. Butcher. Okay, T. Butts. um, (laughs) Commented, uh, he'd like to state for the record that he's very happy that he was eaten by a snake in Dave's dream. (laughs) He thought it was interesting. So there's that. And another faithful listener who I have no idea they're faithful. Yeah. Uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa <laughs> commented and vindicated my orca noise. <laughs> Thought it was excellent can and we, everyone else was wrong. Can we have an encore of it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Think Free Willy in distress <laughs> when he's in the tank and all the kids are banging on the glass. Let's <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, it was very accurate. All right. Uh, so those are our feedback for this week. Thank you. If you have any questions for Chris, I'm sure we can get him to answer a few post mortem. Post mortem. When you're off the podcast, you're dead to us. Chris, thank you for coming on. Thanks for being honest. For sure. My pleasure. I am Tanner Hoffs. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson O'Brien. I'm Chris Lance. <laughs> <laughs>